All right, Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? Great to see you. Awesome. Whatever campus you're at, we welcome you. We're thrilled to have you, whether it's Campbell or Anderson, North Knox or Blount County, the Internet Campus or Pellissippi, we're thrilled you're with us. You just watched the intro to the series that's beginning this weekend, Let Hope In. And you can go to faithpromise.org and you can uh, like that. You can put it on your Facebook, on your email. You can tweet it. You can do whatever. The last series that we did called Open House, you guys sent out so many of the, of the promo. 70,000 people watched the promo video for Open House. And so as you guys got it out, man, we are going to baptize and use social media to get the word, to get the gospel. And so take this, go to faith, go to faithpromise.org, get it out. Let's do just like we did the last series because we all know people that need to hope, don't we? And so, man, I'm stoked about the series, stoked about the alignment uh, because in, in this series, it'll, what we're talking about on the weekend will be this, sort of the same topic we talk about in our adult small groups. Hundreds of new adults will get connected. Lives will be changed forever and it is absolutely stellar. So I want to make sure that uh, you're in a group and that you are ready for what's going on. I, I spoke this past Wednesday at the Pellissippi campus in the student ministry. And our student ministries are cooking across Faith Promise. It's an amazing deal. And uh, as I was, I talked to one of the parents that was here serving. And her son has entered the student ministry. And she was asking her mom, how come I was so easy on the adults? And so rough on the students. And he told his mom, I figured out why the pastor is so hard on the students and so easy on the adults. She said, why? I said, he's given up on the adults. <laughs> she said, the adults won't do what he said, but the students will. I said, I'm telling them. And so I've told you. So adults, are we going to do what we're supposed to do? Yeah. Come on, there we go. Now, students are going to do it. And so, man, let's get on, let's get on the bad wagon, adults. I thought that was awesome. Well, we're, we're going to cover a topic in this series, one of the most important topics, one of the most precious things in the universe to us, and that is hope. The title is Let Hope In. There's a great book that my friend Pete Wilson wrote, and we're using his small group curriculum in the small groups. It's a great book. Again, Let Hope In, because with hope, our future is better, our future is brighter. With hope, it is the fuel that we need to give us the passion to achieve our dreams, our visions, to, to, to help us really sort of mow through when it gets difficult and times get hard. See, if there's no hope in the future, then there's no power in the present. Does that make sense? It Really what happens is, is a Robin Williams. See, because when, you when, you, when you lose hope, it's over. When you lose hope for your marriage, it's over. When you lose hope for your business, for your ministry, for your small group, you know, whatever it is. And, and I don't presume to know what, know what happened to Robin Williams. I loved him as an actor. But you, when you get to that point, you've lost hope. Is that right? And so hope is, is amazing. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. See, we, we have hope, but then when something gets pushed away that we were hoping for, it makes our heart sick. Now, most of us in Faith Promise are hopeful, aren't we? Yes. 
It's a hopeful church. We have a big God. We believe God to do great things. We believe we'll go to a bowl game this year. I mean, we're believing God for, for great things. See, we believe that, that literally in our lives, the, graphs are, the graph is going to keep going up and it's going to go to the right and life is going to get better and our business is going to get better. Our small groups are going to grow. The church is going to keep rocking. Revival is going to keep rolling out. We're going to keep seeing people saved. And so we believe it's going to get better. We believe the best is yet to come. But in this series, we're going to look at one major mega roadblock to you Achieving the future that God planned for you, that God bought for you, that God designed and desires for you. And that is the one roadblock that we're going to talk about in this series, and that is our unforgettable past. I started seeking counseling about five months ago because I was sexually abused as a little girl. And it's taken me 20 years to release this anger, this hurt, the pain that I've experienced. I've held it in for 20 years. At Faith Promise, Pastor Chris has been doing a series called Open House. It's mainly about your past and just dealing with bondage, things that you're holding onto in life that are just breaking you apart. Um, he did a breaking of the mirror demonstration and it truly inspired me that Sunday to do that myself, just realizing that I can't hold on to my past any longer. I have to let it go. I can't let it define me as a person. It's time to break free of these chains and give it over to God. This anger, this bitterness, this hatred, this pain, this not feeling worthy. My past is my past and my future is in God's hands. awesome wow now we want to give you the broken mirror challenge because you can go on faith promise on our website and you can see the whole video it's about five minutes long of her story of losing her mom and dad and how she ended up in sexual abuse as a little girl you can see the whole story but what we want to do is we want to put tons of those on our websites so what we want to do is challenge you to, to man, get your iPhone, whatever, get a mirror. We, got, we, we paid, I think, $5 a piece for those mirrors at Knox Rail. You can, and, and share your story and break the mirror. Can we do that? And let's just put it on our website. Let's, let's, man, let's get it out there. If you've got a Facebook, put it on your Facebook. And again, we want to use social media. Now, in the last series, Open House, more people were delivered than we could count. But this is the deal. People were delivered. Strongholds were broken. They were pulled down. People were, are, are, are now walking in freedom. But what we need now is to move. You know, we, we, the stronghold has been broken. Now we need to move into healing. And, and the only way that we're going to walk in the full healing of the Lord is to walk in great hope and faith and victory, is to let hope in to your marriage, to your business to your, that prodigal that's gone, to your small group that hasn't been going very well maybe, or, or relationships that are messed up in your life. Whatever it is, whatever you're looking for, we, we, man, God can do it. Now, from the world's vantage point, the best predictor of your future is your past. Would you all agree with that? 
From the world's vantage point, what we did will probably do. Where we've been will probably be. What we've seen will probably see. What we've had will probably have. Where we've gone will probably go. That's the way of the world. What we do, what we did, we will do. But God, I want to give you two words to think about until all this week to meditate on. But God, the world is stuck in a cycle. But God, but God can transform my past and my pain. God can give me new life. God can give me hope. I know my marriage is messed up, but God. I know that my business is failing, but God. I know that my small group is struggling, but God, because God is bigger, isn't he? Do we have a problem that's too big for God? No, but God. He can transform our past. And so this series is so, in, so important because hope is the bedrock that we build our faith on. If there's no hope, then there's not going to be any faith. So I want to ask you a question as we go through this series. I really want you to think about this. Do you like who you're becoming? Do you like? You ever, you ever take a look in the mirror, take a look in the, in the Word and say, do I like? I look at a lot of things in my life and I say, wow, God, you've given me peace and victory. And I look at other, other areas and say, holy moly, i got a long way to go. You ever, you ever feel that way? I look at, at, at things in my family in the last several generations that just keep rolling, and I say, Lord, I know that's, the, that's what happened with my parents and my grandparents, and all. I don't want that in my life. And so I, I have hope that it's, that it's going to get better. Now, the heart-wrenching, heartbreaking thing about humans is that we are hardwired to repeat our past. And if you've read this Bible, it's full of what the father did, the son did, the grandson did. It's, 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 it's full of, even as the Bible says, that the generations of the fathers are visited to the sons and daughters to the third and the fourth generation. That happens, why? Because we are just sort of hardwired to repeat the past because we do what we see. Now, and so if your past includes pain and disappointment, is that anybody in any of our campuses that you've experienced pain and disappointment in your past? Is that all of us? Of course it is. We've all experienced it. And, and what happens is uh, the pain and disappointment of our past will create a mental prison. You can't see the bars. You don't even necessarily realize the bars are there. But we continue to stay in that pain, to stay in that past. And it affects everything that we do. So without a revelation, without a realization, without a, a, a raiment, without God giving us insight that our past will deeply impact our present. And so if your past is not your past, oh, your past is not your past, if it's still impacting your present. Does that make sense? Your past is not your past if it's still impacting your present. Now, would, let, let's be raw and real. Would y'all agree that for the thousands of people that'll be here this weekend at our campuses, a boatload of people, their past is impacting their present? We say, how come I, why do I still make, why do I keep making the same mistakes? How come I can't seem to, to keep healthy relationships? Or, or why am I not getting out of life what I really want to get out of life? Now, the good news of the gospel is this. Yesterday doesn't have to be tomorrow. Your yesterday, your pain, your disappointment, no matter what happened to you, it does not have to limit your future. And that's why in this, in this new series, and we'll be talking about these things in group, and we can get raw and real and accountable and really have people pray around us, and we can walk in great victory. So in this series, we're going to give you one every weekend, four choices that will change your now, and it will change your forever. 
So we're going to look at a guy who had an awfully painful past, but had a powerful future. Had a difficult past, and you all know this guy, and we'll find his story in the book of Genesis, and we, we talk about this guy a lot in the kingdom of God, and his name is, is Joseph. And so what we've got to do is choice number one that we've got to get, that if you don't learn to transform your pain, you're good. if you don't transform your pain, you'll transfer it. If you don't transform, transform the pain from your past, you'll transfer it to your present. Now, in Genesis 37, we find the story of Joseph and all that was going on with Joseph. And many of you have a church background. Some of you don't, which is thrilling. So, man, you don't even know who Joe is. But everybody identifies with Joseph because Joseph is the 11th brother, the favored son of the father whose name was Israel, the favored son, 10 older brothers, and his older brothers hated his guts. Now, we all identify with Joseph. Nobody says, hey, I'm the older brother in that story. I beat my little brother up all the time. I really understand how, how Judah and Simeon and the boy, I understand why they didn't like him. Just they should have beat him up more. Nobody ever says that. I'm Joseph in the story. Isn't that now how we see it? And so I grew up with two little brothers, Tommy and Ricky. I was the oldest. Ricky was the middle. We had the same mom and dad. The younger brother, Tommy, same mom and different dad. He was our half-brother. Now, the one thing Tommy wanted in life was recognition and acceptance from his two older brothers. But nobody wants a little brother hanging out, right? Mom and dad always say, you got to take your little brother with you. Why? I mean, why? But see, he wanted to be with us. When his father would come to pick him up every other weekend, he would hide in the closet and cry. Because he didn't want to leave his mom, nor did he want to leave his two older brothers. But because he wanted the, the, the acceptance of his brother, about every two or three days, my brother Rick would lure him into the bedroom that we're going to play cars. Remember Matchbox cars? We're going to play cars. When he'd, get it, he'd lock the door and beat him up. And I would beat on the door because, man, I, wouldn't go, I was going to try to protect him. Man, I could hear Tommy in there crying and Ricky beating him up until mom got home. And so uh, two or three days later, Rick said, let's go play cars. And Tommy would walk right back in there. Rick locked the door, beat him up. And I said, do you see a pattern? Tommy, quit going in there. But the deal was this. He wanted acceptance of his brothers or his brother so badly that he would go in that room. Now, what Joseph wanted was the acceptance of his 10 older brothers. Did he get it? No. Matter of fact, the dad sends him out to go check on the brothers because, see, he's an informant. He's a snitch. Who likes a snitch? He's a rat. So he's sitting in the house watching TV with his dad. I know they didn't have TV, but think with me. And so he's, he's, he's sitting there with his dad drinking lemonade because he didn't have to work. His brothers had to work. His dad said, go check and see what your brother's doing. Go check on him. Why? Because he was a piker. He was a snitch. And so Joseph goes down there. He's got that coat on that his dad bought for His dad had made the mini, coat of many colors. They see him come and they say, let's just kick his butt. We're, let's just stomp him into mulch. So here comes Joe, dumb as a stick, like my little brother, wandering into the bedroom. He wandered in, the boys locked the door, and they just beat the stew out of him. They're laughing, they're mocking, and they throw him into a pit. Now, the number one thing that Joseph wanted was acceptance. Did he get it? He got, he got rejection. 
So his brothers reject him, throw him into the pit. Then they're going to kill him. That's how bad they hated him. Now, you may have beaten your little sibling up. They won't, they're going to kill him. So the oldest brother, Simeon, talks him out of it. And, and so up, about that time come some Ishmaelites on their way caravanning to Egypt. So they get him out of the, out of the pit and they sell him. They, they sell him to the Ishmaelites. So now he's a slave. They take the coat. They pour blood on it back to the dad. Dad, hey, this sort of looks like Joe's coat as this shit is. Well, an animal got him. Looks like a lion ate him. Well, what's, what's horrible, Dad? We're so sad. So the dad is weeping that the son has been killed, the favorite son, while all the time Joseph is taken to Egypt and sold on the slave market. He's stripped naked. He's put up in front of everybody, people checking his teeth, checking him all over until, until Potiphar, a wealthy guy, buys him, takes him home. He works for Potiphar. Potiphar's wife wants to go to bed with him. He says, no. She says, he tried to rape me. So now he's thrown in the dungeon of, the, of, the, of Pharaoh. Now, what had, what had Joseph done so far? Nothing. He sold for no reason other than the brothers hate him. He's been a slave at Potiphar's farm for years. Now he's thrown into prison over two decades, 20, over 20 years. He's either a prisoner or a slave. He's done nothing wrong. Now, if you want anybody in the Bible who could have easily fit, been justified of being a victim, it was him. I mean, he could have easily, he could be, but, but he didn't. See, when someone says, I love you, you say, okay. But when someone does something to prove they don't, it feels wholly different, doesn't it? So that's what Joseph had experienced. Now, listen, we don't want you. We don't love you. We want you out of our family. And so you're gone. So he, you know, he's got to deal through that. He's got to walk through that. My family rejected me. Now I'm in prison. I hadn't done anything wrong. It, it could have hardened him. It could have embittered him. It could have ruined him, and we would have never known about Joseph. See, if you let your past, the pain of your past, transfer to your present, you'll never be bodily used by God. You'll never have an effective life. You'll never enjoy all the things <clears throat> that God has for you because you've transferred the pain of the past to the present instead of transforming it. And it's a choice. Now, let's be real. We all need healing, don't we? There's no reason acting like we got it all together. We all got crap. We've all had stuff done to us. We've all done stuff to other people. We've all got that stuff. And, and see, if, if we're not careful, your past will poison everything you touch today. See, that broken relationship that happened to you years ago, maybe it was a marriage or whatever that made you bitter, it's poisoning all your relationships. That person may not even be alive that you hate. But the hatred for that person in your past is spilling over into everybody that you say you love because you haven't transformed that pain. You've transferred that pain. Does that make sense? Maybe it's a secret sin. Maybe it's a broken marriage. Maybe it was an abuse that you suffered. Maybe it was a miscarriage. Maybe it was a divorce that, that your parents went through that you never dreamed, and now you're bouncing back and forth between house and house, and, and it just sort of wrecked your mind. And, and you know, we, we could, Joe could have said, what's the use of serving God? What's the use? Look at all this. We could do the same thing. God, look at all this happened to me. It's not fair, man. Just forget it. Could we, we could do that, couldn't we? Is that what Joseph did? 
Now, see, Joseph had a revelation, and we need the elevation of the revelation so that we will realize. And, and, and so the end, of the, you know, the end of the story, Joseph is taken out of prison. He interprets a dream for Pharaoh. Pharaoh makes him vice president of the world. He's now overfeeding everybody all over the, the Middle Eastern world. He's, he stores up, he makes Pharaoh the richest guy on the planet. All this stuff is going on, and, and his brothers come because his family's starving in Israel, so his dad sends his brothers to Egypt to buy food. And while they're there, they have to see the head of the food department, and that is Joseph. Well, they don't recognize Joseph because he's speaking Egyptian. He's, he's, he doesn't look like them. He doesn't, he doesn't talk the same language they talk, and they don't realize who he is. And so Joseph immediately recognizes them. Now, you got a choice. Kick butt and take names. Because listen, all Joseph would have had to do is go, hey, boys. He didn't need to send him to court. He didn't need to call and check with Pharaoh. He was the vice president of the world. All he had to do was say, hey, you see those guys over there? They wouldn't have breathed another breath. They'd have all had their heads chopped off right then. That's the power that Joseph had. Joseph plays with them. I like that. I'm not going to go through it. Joseph had a sense of humor and go and read the story for yourself. And, and so eventually Joseph re- reveals himself. He cries. They kiss. Man, it's wonderful. And How's my father? He's still alive, but there's no food. And Pharaoh said, go get all of the whole nation of Israel. There were 60 of them. That's the whole nation of Israel. It was Abraham's grand, you know, it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It was Jacob's kids who God later named Israel. Go get Jacob and bring him and all your family here. Put him in the land of Goshen, the best land of Egypt. So he does. He provides for his family. And things lovely until, until Israel dies, until, until his father dies. Then the boys all get together and say, you know, we really screwed Joseph over. And Joseph's probably going to have us killed now. So they go to Joe and they say, listen, Joe, we talked to dad. Dad said, don't kill us. <laughs> well, he didn't. He said, guys, listen. In, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 12, I love this. This is what he said. As for you, my brothers, you meant evil against me. What does that say? But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to deliver, to preserve many people alive. See, you meant to kill me, but God. You meant to dump me, but God. You meant to leave me, but God. You meant to screw me over, but God. You walked out on me, but God. My business partner who ripped me off, but God, the wife or husband that walked out, but God, no matter where you are, listen, but God, but God, but God, we serve a big God, a big God, but God. See, again, Joseph didn't throw his hands up. Joseph said, but God. See, Joseph had, by, through grace, grieved his past. He didn't transfer his past. His past was transformed. Look at Psalm 73. 26 says this, my flesh and my heart may fail. What? But God. Go to the next verse. Matthew 19, 26 says this. And looking at them, Jesus said to them, with people, this is impossible. What? But God. It's impossible. Acts 13, 29 and 30 said this. When they had carried out all that was written concerning him, Jesus, they took him down from the cross, laid him in a tomb. What? But God, he was dead. 
but God. No matter where you are, but God. No matter what you're experiencing, but God. The world reruns, recycles, and repeats its pain from the past into the present, but God. We here born again, but God. We were lost, but God. We were in trouble, but God. We were sinking, but God. I was a drug dealer and a dope addict, but God. I was sex abuse and physical abuse as a little boy, but God. Listen, no matter what you're facing, where you're at, but God will come through. Woo, man. Now, you can't erase your past. So quit trying. It's impossible to be, it's impossible to be here without a history. We all have one, don't we? And we've got some highs. You had some things you're proud of. <laughs> we sucked in some other places. But see, God, God knows your, his, your history. But he's going to rewrite your future. See, this is the deal. God is bigger than your history, and he's more concerned with your destiny. That you get where he wants you to go. See, Joseph went through two decades of abuse and horror, but God. And, and this, is, this, is, this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. This is what's happening right now across all of our campuses and what's going to rise in the next month through this congregation. Hope is going to rise. People that had no hope, hope is going to enter into those places. Hope is going to move where you never thought. Marriages that you're about to throw the towel in, hope is going to rise. You've about given up on a friendship or the prodigal coming home, but hope is going to rise. You've looked at your business and say, man, I don't know what else to do. I guess I'll just go bankrupt, but hope is going to rise. You've looked in your ministry and said, I just doesn't seem to be working out. I'm not sure, but hope is going to rise. You look at your past and say, I know things have been bad, but hope is going to rise. We can look at the economy. We can look at the Democrats and Republicans. We can look at all the stuff going on, but God, hope is going to rise because we serve a God who can, and we are people of faith, and people of faith have hope, and we know God's going to come through. We believe it. We receive it. Because if there's no hope in the future, there's no power in the present. Does that make sense? And so revival is breaking out at Faith Promise Church. God is every campus. Our God can. Amen. Amen. Somebody give him some praise in the house. coming.
Amen. Hope. We know people that don't have it. Many of us have been in a point in our lives when we didn't have it either. We gave up. And that's when the marriage is over, the ministry's over, the church is over. That's when the group is dead. That's when the denomination dies. That's when the empire crumbles, when hope is gone. Some of you this weekend at all of our campuses, but you're, you're, you're facing a difficult mountain. Much like Robin Williams did and saw there's no way around it. But I'm here to tell you, God can. God can. No matter what you're facing. Before I got saved, I had some of the deepest, darkest depressions. It was just horrible. And then I met Jesus. But you know, so right now, there's some people across all of our campuses who desperately need Jesus. So if you're ready to give your heart, if you're ready to open up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead in what we call a confessional prayer. And if you're ready to confess Jesus as your Lord, then I want you to pray with me. We're going to pray with you out loud, and then I'm going to pray for those who need hope. And in this series, as we learn to transform our past, as we make right choices that God leads us, that we will have victory. So if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, faith promises, pray with him. Pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. By faith, I turn to you. By faith, I will follow you. Transform my life. 
transform my pain and let me walk in your victory. You died for me, rose from the grave. Now I will live for you. Now, God, there are people at every campus who, Lord, they need to borrow our hope. They need to see that Joseph always knew that you were, you were a sovereign God. And no matter how deep he was in the dungeon, no matter the slave in Potiphar's house, he knew you had a plan and he never lost hope. That's why we still talk about him 3,500 years later. And so, God, we pray for people that need your hope and infusion of your power and in filling of your presence. Lord, you said that, that if we come to you, we've, come, we've got to come to you by faith. And those that believe in you by faith, you reward. And so, God, we seek after you. We long for you. We love you. We look to you. And we believe, God, you're going to do something radical in this series. I pray, Lord, that, that more people get connected in small groups in this series than ever before. And so, God, we pray that you would have your way in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise in the house, would you? Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, if you'll take your communication card that's in front of you and fill that out, or if you need a place to serve, you want to sign up for next steps and find out how to be involved, more involved with Faith Promise, or if you say, you know, it, I really do because the alignment starts this weekend. I need a group. You can fill that out your communication card, or when this service is over, you can go to the Next Steps area. There are people that will help you get connected. Uh, also, if you want to be a part of the worship ministry, there's folks out there you can see. Uh, it's just so thrilling, guys. In August, we broke every attendance record. We averaged 6,000 in August. In every way, we had baptisms and every campus is up. God's doing a work. So listen, when revival, when God is moving, we got to keep throwing wood on the fire because the book of Proverbs says where there's the lack of wood, the fire goes out. And so it's easy sort of when that wave is happening, just sort of ride the wave, but we need to be chunking the word in. We need to be full of the spirit. We need to be faithful. So that, we'll, so that in the midst of this, this sort of blaze that's happening, that, that we'll be walking steadily throwing logs on the fire. Amen? Do y'all believe God can send revival to Faith Promise Church? Man, I'm with you. So this is a deal. In just a second, we're going to be dismissed. All of our campus pastors and prayer people will be up here if you want to come and pray with someone. Or if you want to take fill your communication card, put it in the offering boxes. Listen, by the way, August, record giving. Just record giving. And so, man, God is moving. So let's stay faithful. Amen? Let's give God is doing something. We know when God's doing something, the devil's going to raise his ugly head. But in Jesus' name, we will have the victory. Amen? It's been good to be in God's house. Be back next week and bring somebody with you. We love you.